and Matt. We're an interracial couple with two kids wanting to do something that highlights the power of friendship and what it means to be in the company of true friends. We're going to move our society away and out of the loneliness epidemic and into a friendlier, happier world. Welcome to our friendly world. Better, stronger, together. Good morning. Oh my goodness. Good morning, everybody. Hello. I'm going to say hello. Hello, everybody. Welcome to our friendly world. This is Vaughn. Hello. And Matt. <laughs> my cohort. Where did, where does the term cohort come from? I don't like it. I bet you it has something to do with Which host, co-host, and it got bastardized. <gasps> where the roots come from? I don't know. I like cohort because it connects us from the heart. And we're all connected around the world. Heart energy. Oh my god, I sound like a crazy person. Lay down the nugget. Okay, the nugget is... <laughs> nugget. All right, honey, try to remember. He was one of our favorite people from the neighborhood. Here it is. Are you ready? We're walking down the street. This would happen almost every day. We would walk by our friend. <clears throat> and the first time he said this, I was legitimately standing there trying to figure out, okay, what does he think it is? What does he think I think it is? The answer that is. And what truly is? I don't know. Here's the question. So you'd walk by him and he'd look at you and he'd say, what's the best nation in the world? What's the best nation? I'm like, well, he's probably going to say. Sweden, Finland, <laughs> Italy. Actually, yeah, my first one was Denmark. Where's Huga from? Huga. Huga is Danish, right? Huga? Huga, remember? The art of um, oh, comfort. Oh, oh, yes, yes, yes. The Ikea people. <laughs> And I don't, is that Denmark? I don't know what that is. Never oh mind. Oh my God. I can't believe we forgot because we had a whole season of Huga last year. Remember? Everything Huga, which is everything that brings you comfort, like cookies, candy, coffee, fire, like, you know, like a fireplace. Not yeah, I know. Fire. We were just laying in like tasty treats as far as I was concerned. Yeah. You just call it whatever you want. You surround yourself with things that comfort you and make you feel good. It's called Huga. Back to Nugget. Okay. <laughs> What's the best nation in the world? Donation. <laughs> Who gets upset at a donation in their direction? Right. Donation. But, and if you look at it, if you really think about it, it is the best nation. We're all here to support each other. That's what we should be doing. Donation is the best nation. <laughs> Definitely true. I love that guy. Hope he's okay. There are a lot of people I miss from our old neighborhood. It's not, I don't know. Is it, did we just grow up all of a sudden? Unfortunately, what happened to our wacky neighborhoods? Because it felt like once we did leave Santa Monica, we still had a wacky neighborhood in Port Townsend. Right. right. Those people were supremely wacky yes. in a different way. For sure. In a totally different way than Santa Monica. What? I mean, if I do my monkey call outside the window here, I feel like they're going to call the police on me. <laughs> they just might. So every morning in Santa Monica or whenever I felt like it, I would lean out my window and do this. I sound exactly like a monkey from the forest. And I know I sound exactly like them because when I was in India, we were out in the forest completely away from the city. We got out of the car and I thought I saw a monkey or two hanging around in the trees. No one was around really except for my group of friends, people I was working with. Right. 
and Horst Reckelbacher, who was the founder of Aveda. I, I turned my back and I did my monkey call with full heart. I just belted it out like I was singing opera. Mm-hmm. I heard some scuffling. My eyes were closed. I was totally in it. And when I opened my eyes, I swear to you, monkeys from every direction were running towards me and it scared the hell out of me. So I started booking it to the car. I got so scared and I, it wasn't like a mischievous or a bad thing. It was like, I felt like they noticed I was family and they were running towards me. Like, yay, one of us. (laughs) Oh dear. (laughs) And also, not just monkeys. I would do the same with cows when I lived in Wisconsin, out in the rural area. Yes. I, being from L.A., when I was working for Aveda, I lived right on the border of Wisconsin and Minnesota. I would drive by the most beautiful areas, things that you would see in movies, like the white fences, beautiful land, and a whole bunch of cows. The first time I really noticed that and I didn't have any work people with me, I pulled over and went to the fence. The cows were kind of far away, Mm -hmm. and I did my monkey call. And just like the monkeys, they came running towards me. Like one of those love movies where it's in slow motion and the lovers are are like running towards each other in slow motion. It was like that kind of feeling. But then I got scared. I'm like, oh, I just moved here in this tiny little town and I'm going to be responsible for all these cows breaking the fence and going out on the highway. I got scared and ran away. So you don't know if they broke through the fence and ran onto the highway? No, they didn't because they saw me freak out and move away. So they were like, okay, okay, don't worry. Don't get scared. Like the other way around. They were trying to calm me down. Nice. (laughs) I love cows so much. Anyway, best nation in the world. Today, the subject is criticism. Ah, uh, yes. So, yeah. Well, wait, wait. Before, critics, before, critics. You, before you do that, I just want to take a moment and say, hey, go to Be Friendly World. Give us a, give us a, a rating. Let us know how we're doing. Not just a rating. Can you please re- leave a review? Oh, yes, review. I'm sorry, rating, review. Reviews are keen. And by the way, can I just thank everyone? Can we both thank everybody for listening? I am so touched because honestly we don't know that many people but the amount of downloads we have had has been incredible indeed i am it makes me cry happy tears i'm so grateful thank you so much for spending time with us yes indeed. and listening i really feel i mean one of the reasons we started be friendly was we personally felt the not necessarily loneliness, but we felt the pain of this separation that was happening. We felt it. Right. I felt it. Matt felt it. We felt it in our children who were so open and so, so open arms with meeting people. Right. And the way people act and it made our kids contract, which is unnatural. Especially in children, for sure. Oh, my goodness. Especially Ellen Allegra, because they were so, like, such, they are ambassadors of love. But one mean person after another, you know, it does make you contract. 
having you all listen to us is so wonderful and it makes me cry happy tears i'm really grateful thank you indeed for sure so critic i looked up the definition i looked up the word critic and i looked up the word criticism here we go la 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 critic a person who expresses an unfavorable opinion of something (gasps) that's terrible go ahead let me explain two a person who judges the merits of literary artistic or musical works especially one who does so professionally let me finish because let me finish okay number okay so criticism the practice of judging the merits and faults of something. So those are the definitions that I've found to be true for me. When I first started, I googled critic and criticism page after page was how critics are so wonderful and how they're so needed in the world and how their job is vital. And I thought, who the hell put these together? It seems like First of all, I think they're the downfall of our culture, of our society, these critics. I can't stand them. There are only a few that I may respect (laughs) once in a while, Mm -hmm. but it makes sense because of my background as an artist. I can, these people have, in my opinion, they have, in my opinion now, having experienced what I've experienced, they're the lowest of the low, pretty much. Hi, Chihuahua. And I thought they must have put these entries together on Wikipedia and made themselves appear really good on Google. Like they're so vital. They're so needed and important in our culture. It really pissed me off. Okay, to me, there's a back and forth. I didn't like the fact that the first definition for critic critic was negative. Yeah, they are negative person who expresses unfavorable opinion. I didn't like that. A critic should be... They should. Neutral. Switzerland. Mm -hmm. Whatever. You know they're not. Um, Without an axe to grind, without an ulterior motive, without a, without a, without a. That would be nice. Um, So yeah, so that I have a problem with. Personally, though, I don't have a problem with a critic who is willing to offer up some semblance of a constructive opinion constructive criticism what you know what maybe it's in your line of work where where you all have constructive criticism oh dear i have not experienced that right and 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 that's the thing i think you're right i think it's really hard unless somebody is really trying hard to spot something good in what you're doing and it's it's so easy to just slag somebody especially in the internet age And I know you're all thinking, well, what does that have to do with friendship? Hold on. Hold on. We're going to get to that. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, let's go. Well, I I wanted you to finish. I I keep cutting you off because I'm so heated all the time. I'm sorry. Okay. So anyways, so yeah. Can I just say something else, though? No. (laughs) Can I just say, in having to go back and re-listen to these podcasts, because I have to make sure that... We recorded properly and all this. There are some things that I have to edit here and there. I have noticed how much I cut you off. I feel like this podcast has been such a, a, a good learning experience for our marriage because I'm hearing how I sound with you, but also I'm hearing how you sound condescending to me sometimes. 
What do you mean? And while I'm editing, all God. of a sudden, I'll go in the bedroom and I'll be mad at Matt. That's true. And we've had a good day. And he's like, what happened? I'm like, I was just listening. You, I don't like how you talk to me. Uh, at least <laughs> I don't get beaten up because you had a dream. I did not do that to you. I know. No, no, no. Friend of mine. Yeah. His wife totally smacked him when he, in the middle of the night because she had a dream. In the middle of the night? In the middle of the While night. While he was sleeping? Yes. Oh, dear. But anyways. Zing. Okay. <laughs> and wait. Okay. Before, I, I know I'm all over the place. Now, wait. Up. Oh, Can I just say a special thank you to someone regarding criticism that has absolutely, in a way, saved my life, totally transformed my life? I don't know this person but he's kind of like my secret friend. Did you ever do this when you were a kid when your parents were mean to you and you felt like the world was against you? I okay, this would this was what would happen to me. I had a not so great family life. And when I would be really sad when people treated me horribly, I would go in a corner and just cry quietly and pretend like certain people I saw on the street that weren't kind to me that day. I would cry to them and pretend that they were hearing me in that right. moment. So that's what Cat Williams was for me. When did we start watching his shows? It was like 14 years ago. Something like, yeah. So 14, 15 years ago, I w was watching him and he started talking about haters, you know, bringing this back to criticism also and haters. And the way he described really what a hater was and you should be happy about having them and you should get as many haters as possible because it means you're doing something. You're doing something good. You're help me out. What was he no, saying? No, no, no. You're right. You're right. Um better to have people hate you than people be indifferent. Of course, much better to have people love you, but that's a whole other story, for sure. Because you're at least eliciting a reaction from them. The way he described haters, like even the looks on their faces, was exactly what I got constantly. And it was really breaking me. It was really painful. And I thought it was just me. So hearing Cat Williams talk about it like that was, I totally felt like, I'm going to cry right now. I know. I totally felt like he was totally speaking to me directly. And I think that's part of what a wonderful artist he is, that that... He can make it seem like he's speaking directly to you, even though he has millions of people around the world. Right. That are fans of his. Well, yeah, no, that's that's part of his gift for sure. And then, you know, hopefully, hopefully a little of that will rub off on us, but for I sure. So, yeah. You know, we're, go we're going to see you. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. We we feel you. And we're going to hear you. Yes. Our friends listening. Thank you so much. I just... I always, and I always say, you know how people say, what would Jesus do? I feel like a lot of the times I'm like, what is Cat Williams doing right now? <laughs> what does he think about this situation right now that's happening in the world? I want his take. Right. You know, I need, I need Cat Williams. Anyway, thank you, Cat Williams. Thank you. Okay. I'm going to turn the mic back to you. Okay, what were you then. <laughs> okay, then. Um, going, getting back to critics, you know, I, I write code for a living. That's what I do. And anytime I turn in code, uh, it's supposed to be reviewed by other developers, which, okay, fine, no problem. The trick is, is that when I review other people's code, I generally, my, my comments on their code are things like, 
Okay, so a recent one, uh, somebody had written Cap City. And I was like, did you mean this to be capacity? <laughs> right? And they had they had uh, a line of code that was going to pop up a big window box in somebody's browser. And I was like, are you sure you meant to do this? Because I didn't know. Because oftentimes you're reviewing code that has nothing to do with what you work on. Because somebody, two people need to review it. And those are the types of comments I make. Now, the types of comments I get are things like, this needs to be moved to a different folder, or um, you should be using this, this design pattern instead of this one, or whatever, right? Which is fine, which is all fair. But my comments are usually questions, whereas other people's are statements. And I just basically, generally, I'll do whatever it is they want me to do, because frankly... Yeah, it's probably a good idea, and I've pro I've already solved the the really difficult problems, so I'm okay with that level of criticism. But it it exists in my business, and and it's a good thing that it exists in my business because it kind of keeps everybody honest, as far as the code they're producing. That's the difference between your work and my work, because yeah, I can and maybe because I'm so separated from what you're doing. It's like True. you're creating a product and you have to make sure, yes, does it work or is it going to blow up? I understand having criticism for your line of work. For me, this is an expression coming from my heart. Right. And so for someone to say, you have no intellect, this is garbage. That is not, that is, that, that's, that's, not that's another animal. That is, what is yeah, and that's what I'm trying to tell you is I've never found a critic to be constructive. Right, right, whereas I have. And as a matter of fact, uh, typically because, yeah, programmers tend to be a little more dispassionate, uh, more logical than emotional, you can get some actually decent criticism when you ask for it. And yeah, you're very emotional about your code. When you're coding, you're listening to Cecilia. Sometimes. You're, it's an art form for you. It is an expression of your soul. It, you it are, can be. Certain pieces of code are that way and other, other pieces aren't. But I also emotionally separate when I turn something in. And I cannot emotionally separate. Right, because, because, because it's a it whole will, other thing. Right. Whereas my code is going to get shuffled into, at this point in time, five other people's code. And, you know, my goal there is that I don't want anybody to say, oh, yeah, Matt must have written this because it's done this way. So here's the thing. I feel that perhaps it's what we grew up with. Like, I just feel like, was it our generation that all of a sudden had a lot of critics in society? We had film critics, art critics, music critics. Yeah, but we Monet had his critics, too. I just think it was different. I think that critics developed some sort of a personality, like some sort of like they were, maybe you're right, never mind. I was going to say they were really put up on a pedestal, but maybe that's just because I was growing up in that world and I was having to deal with critics and criticism right. so much that I felt like they were so prestigious and looked up to so much that everybody else every other like civilian type person mm -hmm. began acting like a critic and it transferred into friendships where everything is constantly criticized to the kind of work you're doing what your work is is it good is it bad right and what are you wearing how do you look 
What is your body shape? Everything is now so overly criticized with opinions that are not um what's the word uplifting what's the word they're not you used it at the beginning of constructive constructive they're not constructive it's always like like even if people let's say get sick and they lose weight i mean it seems like it's a positive but it's a negative they say you look good because you lost weight, <laughs> no matter how skinny a person is. Right. It's ridiculous, unless they're really skinny. But how often have I heard that as a woman? You get the flu or something, or or you go through something where you just don't eat for a few weeks, right? Like right. you're just upset. And when someone who hasn't seen you in a couple of weeks or a minute, they're like, wow, you look good. Oh, gee, thanks. I'm dying on the inside, but I'm glad that I'm <laughs> a couple inches smaller, so... I look good to you. What is that? But that's just like one portion of criticism I'm talking about. Right. But it's, it's, it's one of these cases where I, have, of course, have a pithy saying. And my pithy saying is a rising tide lifts all ships. And that's where we need to be. That's what we need to be thinking about and doing. You know, if somebody is wearing some purple boots that look god awful, why I tell them? If, they're, if they like their boots, then let them rock it. If they're, you know comfortable in their own skin let them be in their own skin for goodness sake why are we judging the boots the person loves it well i can't help it i judge everything but i'm very quiet i don't oh my god that's the other thing i can't stand about criticism is the quiet because that to me the quiet oh i get infuriated as much as i do someone saying that's garbage when someone is quiet those are fighting words to me sometimes. For example, let's just take this podcast as an example and going back to how everyone now has declared themselves as critic because if you criticize something, it shows that you're an expert or you're knowledgeable. You're like, you're, what's the word? You know, you're bigger than they are. Right, right. You're, you're more of an alpha. An authority. And, and actually, um, yeah, social psychology in college. Yes, I learned that very fact. Really? Yes. Tell me about it. It's about the person asking questions seems smarter. It's about the person who makes insightful comments about things, be they positive or negative, is seen as smarter, just human perception. And, you know, we all want to seem smart, right? Why can't they ask positive questions though why do you have to knock down right not you but why do these critics whoever they may be professional or non-professional like regular old people right why knock down so much why have we gotten to a state where we're constantly knocking things down for goodness sake and you're knocking things down by being quiet much like i'm sorry to bring this up again but much like the social injustice in the world when you're quiet when you're quiet and you hear me say this person is mistreating me or this is the wrong that is in place if you're quiet you are just as bad as the people saying you're garbage true no no no. i I won't argue that at all i was speaking strictly on a personal level okay so let's just go to the the most recent example this podcast my friends know what a big deal this podcast is and i feel like we've come such a long way we thought uh the social movement we were creating started off as a it turned into z and then it turned into voila this podcast it just 
had its own life once we let go and we just looked at and felt where the things should go it turned into this podcast and it feels so good like this is perfect this is being in the exact right place at the right time is this podcast so it's a big deal and my friends know what it took to create this what it took for me the neanderthal cave woman cave person who is not technically oriented to create a website without your help thank you matt because you're busy i know but i had to put the web the other web the normal website together i had to oh my goodness i had to become a, a, a sound engineer for god's sake i didn't understand how all that worked and it was so frustrating to teach myself how to do that right there was so much that went into it creatively technically all of that when it was done one of my dearest dearest friends she's always very quiet like she never comments on my photography projects right never not one comment for years right and it really bothers me because what i've noticed is when i would show like in the past when i showed my book to various different critics and various different people when they got quiet i got to a point it had happened so much i knew what that quiet meant it meant they didn't like it it meant it triggered something in them and you know most of my friends were not white and we would have conversations about this like what's going on with these people why are they getting quiet like that why do they slam the book closed like that okay and so the term that came up which like made me giggle but it it hit like this truth in me they said oh my gosh that right there is white man's guilt maybe because a lot of my pictures are of african people and they're very beautiful they're very strong these people are strong and gorgeous and beautiful and powerful they're kings and queens of their villages of their tribes in Ethiopia and Kenya especially and people when they did say something like these some of these people would say oh god I can't stand to look at the devastation and I would think what devastation are you talking about these are powerful people that that guide lots of their family like the villages this whole area what are they talking about well I don't know. But any, I know what they were talking about, believe me. But now, I'm just saying. Zipping, zipping, though, over to your friend who seems to always be quiet. Okay, two weeks after we launched, we had a phone call. We hadn't spoken in a couple of weeks. She talked about everything but the podcast. And we were talking about the weather. We're talking about the fires that are happening. And we're talking about her revelation that week about life the whole time i was i was sweating because i'm like why isn't she talking about the podcast because she said she would listen to it and so i was getting really nervous i was thinking she hates it she's being quiet about it she's not even bringing it up what's going on so finally i i mustered up some bravery and i said please tell me what you thought of the podcast i had to ask her (laughs) she knows what a big deal it is yes but Allow me, allow me to point, counterpoint you. She's always been very quiet. It's part of her nature. And it also might be part of her nature to not 
get compliments herself or getting those compliments quickly forgetting them. Like if somebody says, oh yeah, you're, you're, you're so such and such. Well, no, not really. I'm really this way. People get very self-deprecating. People get very uncomfortable sometimes with compliments. You're not that person, but other people are. Uh, so I compliment strangers on the street all the time. Exactly. And you're the only person I've ever met who does that. I'll scream from across the street at a woman that's having a great hair day. I can tell. Right. Absolutely. And you know what? That makes a person's day, but you're like the only person who does that, which is a shame. No. Remember we were walking when we first moved to Bainbridge Island, which is like the only time that someone acted like they were from Santa Monica. It never happened again, especially because Bainbridge Island was definitely the the cold Seattle freeze everyone describes. That's Bainbridge, unfortunately. But remember when we first moved, I was wearing my boots. I have these boots I've had for years. I got them to go on um, for a couple of years. I worked in Peru on a photo assignment and I got these boots, especially for trekking. And they're wild. They're very unique. Someone was driving by and she was driving pretty fast, but she leaned out the window and complimented my boots. Right. That is, we should do more of that. But that's a, that was a singular kind of a thing. Totally singular. You know, and it's, it's kind of one of those things like, yeah, certainly, um, I, I would hear stories of people going to Hollywood and yelling at the cute boys walking down the street, um, which was just funny to me. What? Yeah, no. Yeah. You know, some of the, <clears throat> some of the girls I knew back then would go to Hollywood and like drive through Hollywood and like looking for all the long haired heavy metal guys and they'd like wolf whistle and all the rest of it. Yeah. It was a very interesting point, but yeah. I remember being in Manhattan and leaning out my friend's car <laughs> and screaming, yee-haw. <laughs> nice. And yeah, no, every once in a while when you're feeling that good, you do do stuff like that. The other reason why, though, zing, back to steering the ship. The other reason why uh, I think sometimes people are quiet when you're, when you're actually asking for criticism is maybe they don't have anything bad they can say. And that's uncomfortable because in me not having anything bad to say... Am I giving up some power? So particularly if I view myself as the, I like to call it the alpha in the relationship versus the beta, kind of drawing that from, um, uh, what is it, uh, orangutans or gorilla environments. There's the alpha prime male and stuff who's in charge or like the alpha ram who is the only one who gets to breed with all the women and, and they, that's why they fight and their, their heads go boom, boom. But... You know, if I don't have anything bad I can say, if I can't tear you down, am I giving up some of my alphaness that is kind of coded in our DNA? That's exactly what I want to talk about. I feel like that is an old system that needs to go away, disappear. And the new system, and it goes back to friendship and remember games. We we started to develop these certain games that we wanted to share with people, obviously before the pandemic, but we designed certain games that were all cooperative. And it goes back to that. Why do you have to be the alpha? Why does one person have to be that? We need to support each other and basically work on an even playing field. Everybody has immense, immense value. And enough with the criticism, enough with the chopping down, 
enough with what's wrong. Why don't we just just focus on the greatness? You know, wow, you created that? Amazing. What can I do? Let me see. I'm going to create this too. Look at the kids. Like if, if you really... I was going to bring that up. Stop disturbing the field of creativity. Really... I'm inspired by children. I never thought I would be. I never thought I would be a baby person or a child person. Well, I'm inspired by our children. That's what I was going to say until I became a mom. Because everything that they do, I'm like, oh my God. Well, and also if you watch, so our eldest generally leads the way. So if she comes up with, hey, I'm going to start working on a comic book, youngest immediately starts making comic books. If our oldest is making bookmarks, our youngest is making bookmarks. Yeah. And that's how we are, I think, right? I know that when I see something that sparks an interest in me, it sparks an interest in me. It sparks that life in me. It's a life force. Right, and that's one of the miraculous, awesome things about friends is they can spark things in you because they're so passionate about them. And that's something you can't uh, overlook in anyone. And even if initially you're like, oh, crochet, oh, I can't, you know what? Check it out. Who knows? Another lifetime ago at UCLA, I was friends with these architecture students and the guy liked to knit. I'm like, you like to knit? You're like a guy. What are you doing knitting? (laughs) I was so inspired by that Mm -hmm. because he took knitting to a whole other level. He was knitting with metal and creating these amazing pieces of art with metal. I got you. Sparked my creativity to this day right i was like wow to this day i think about it i'm like wow i wouldn't sit there and criticize it i you know what to even try to criticize that i i don't have that in me right to say why would you in the color and the way you the shape ugh. no <laughs> i can't no no no. you're just making me laugh because yeah i was doing i was doing macrame a couple of weeks ago Actually, now it's a couple of months ago. And yes, I made myself a paracord bracelet, but it's still macrame at its heart. It turned out really great. Uh, Except, well, except this one tiny part. But again, welcome to the world of I can't take positive criticism, right? And I don't see that. I don't see what you're talking about. I just saw, wow, that looks really cool. It's now on the nightstand. Yes. On the lamp. On the lamp. And I, I, I put it on sometimes. That's broken that we've had for 15 years now. Let it go. That I got for $9. Uh-oh. Please it's don't sue be- us, Disney. Oh. But now, to be fair, you, um, I wouldn't say you uh, play well with others. And uh, yeah. And, what does that have to do with anything? you are, yeah. Oh, I can't handle criticism. Well, obviously I and can't you, handle it. And you don't it. like competition. You would, as soon as someone gets the upper hand in a competitive game, you want to flip the board. People, people, people. I can't play games. I hate playing She games. can, but... It started off really early. I'm a Wookiee, you are right. Whereas to me, it's just a game. For I can feel the world's injustice, all the wrong in the world. For some reason, I have that in my being, in my heart. It makes me cry. And to play a game, is, it's not fun for me because it brings all that up. I don't like competition. You are right. 
And w- the first time I heard you say does not play well with others, like, you, <laughs> like I'm a dog. And I am a dog, by the way. It's not about dogs. But that's the image I got. You know, like you say that about dogs does not play with others. Right. Where does that come from? That comes from like kindergarten style evaluations. Introverts typically do not play well with others. Extreme introverts definitely don't play well with others. Now you're not, but hey, you're not an introvert, but or you're not an extreme introvert. I don't know. I I just don't like it. I don't like criticism. Even, so I love to cook. I love to cook. I'm like, what do you think? What do you say? You're like. It's fine. Or no, there's another thing that you say sometimes which drives me crazy. It's passable or like you, you something like that. Like, Hectic. I would never say it's passable. No, you say something that sounds like that. I'm going to start just assigning you a letter grade. Stop it. This is B plus work. Good job. No. (laughs) No, but you're right. I can't handle criticism. But go figure. I've had so much bad criticism growing up. I had it. Right. From every day from the kind of parents I grew up with. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I can't take it anymore. Right. It's like. Right. And rest assured, it's, it's criticism. Negative criticism is really hard, I think, on everyone, which is why I think it's really important if you feel the need to lay down negative criticism and you should really temper yourself and not do that casually or lightly you need to find something you you need to you need to find the good you need to find something that you know is going to soften it for goodness sake now for me i've always been tall and somewhat imposing and long-haired and all the rest of it so confusing to people i think people were a little scared to offer me like just the kind of criticism you got so they would always try and find something good or they would find a way to mute what they had to say without not saying it. So I would still get criticism, but it wasn't this soul-searchingly, what are you doing? You know, you should never do this ever, ever, ever again. I know you care about it, but no, I never heard that. Can I just say, while you're saying that, yeah, you're right. And I'm sorry. Wait, wait hold on, hold on. Can you repeat that? So you are also an attractive, tall, strong, pretty, white man. I'm pretty. You are. So here's the thing. When you're not looking scary, you're pretty. (laughs) He just made that face he used to make in Aikido to make... Did you do that to make me laugh in class? I did that to make everyone laugh at the guy who was couldn't see what the face I was making so Matt is tall everybody Matt is like 6'4 and he kind of towers over people and when we used to do demonstrations when the teacher in Aikido when the head guy in Aikido would want an example he would pick his favorite student Matt to demonstrate (laughs) the teacher's pet and and so, you know, usually when you demonstrated, you would have someone in a wrist lock or they would be kind of tied up. And so Matt would be the aggressor and Word. the teacher would show, okay, this is how you get out of this situation. And every time Matt would be doing these demonstrations, he would have the foulest look on his face. <laughs> Make the face. Why well, was the bad guy? I'm supposed to look yeah. bad. 
I'm supposed to look bad, right? <laughs> Plus, I figure if I can get the class to laugh, that means that would throw that would throw the teacher off. And that's right. also important to Aikido is making sure you are completely grounded and centered, which means no one can take it. And the laugh can sometimes take your center. For sure. Uh-huh. For sure. So At least that's what I told myself. I forgot what I was trying to say. What, what was I saying? Because I make the faces. Yeah, your face totally distracts me. Like. <laughs> oh, you said because I was a pretty, I was a pretty boy. Oh, because you are a white man. See, I remember. I the pretty. think the criticism that you get, yeah, people wouldn't dare say the things to you that they say to me. For example, I actually heard. Busy Phillips talk about this about how she was talking about her show she had a show on E and how the executives would say things to her and what she shared and this is why like people like Cat Williams and Busy Phillips I so appreciate them because it brings me a healing so the executives she had on her show on E to, said to her what I was told all the time in yoga so I'm a yoga instructor also. While I was getting certified, uh, I was in this yoga school that I found on a daily basis becoming more and more racist. And this was three years ago now. Right. And I could not believe it. I mean, the amount of crap that they were throwing at me and saying to me, and I was the only non-white person there was a there was one other non-white woman but she wasn't in the program she was just taking classes the stuff that was said to me i couldn't i would try to share with the people that i thought were my friends but they couldn't comprehend the level of uh idiosity (laughs) the level of uh pain right that I was being thrown, like what I was feeling. Because unfortunately, everybody assumes that everybody is just like they are. And guess what? People aren't. And the head of the school, did they worship her? But she was one of the biggest culprits. I would come home sometimes crying so hard, I would vomit. One of the things that was said to me was, you're scary. You're scaring people. In yoga. Just, I, I, I mean... Really? Were you like punching people? No, honey. Were you forced to play Monopoly so you could hit them on the head? Look, I know that I have a martial arts background. I know that. But no, I was quiet. And especially in yoga and especially that time period because, you know, we as a family, our little family, we had come off of a very traumatic life experience and so I was quiet. And actually, most of the time, I was crying. Like, when we were we, when we would go into Shavasana, I would be, like, just tears. I, I, Cue the waterworks, folks. I'm sorry, but... Anyway, it was just because of my presence. My presence threatened them. So to, to say, you're scary, you're scaring people. Or my teaching style was scaring people because I don't know why I was going to say because, well, maybe because I didn't teach like the normal teachers. I didn't have that. Okay, everybody take a deep breath. I wasn't like that. I was more like a Joe Dispenza where I'm like, we can control every cell in our bodies. Come on, everybody breathe with me now. I was more, 
I was stronger about it, but I was, I mean, to say I was scaring people showed me what they really thought of me. I was a threat. And why? Because I'm not white like they are. Like, I show up, I'm a, an I, immediate I threat. think it's bigger than that, honestly. Well, you're pure of heart, you're strong in who you are, and, you know, maybe because when initially offered uh, criticism, it's you seem like you're not hearing it because you're processing it, right? Versus, oh, okay, hmm, let me see. You get You get quiet. So... I don't think it has much, if any, you know, that's, there's many facets and many factors. And we need to realize that people are individuals. People come to a place from a million life experiences. I feel like you're providing an excuse for I know, people. And I'm, I'm not saying that it didn't factor, but what I'm saying though, is it's just your processing, even just your, your basic makeup. You are not like other people. And I'm I think not that's a very, white. I think that's I'm a not very white. fair statement. No, it's unfair because you're right. First of all, I am not like other people because every place we've moved to since Santa Monica has been all white. So no, I am not like other people here or anywhere we've lived since Santa Monica. You know, the only exception was Port Townsend because for some reason those people were so evolved and kind and genuinely loving but all the other places, even San Francisco, it's changed. There's such hate. And, you know, I was saying that to you over and over again before all this happened. I was saying, look, I feel it's bubbling. I feel like there's a racial thing that's bubbling. I'm, I'm experiencing a lot more hate being thrown at me than ever before. And quite frankly now that I see it out there to be honest it brings me a little relief because I don't feel crazy because every time I told you look this is what's happening I was I felt like I was making it up or I it's my imagination because it's just me I'm the only one that is of color around here so it's just me it's my I'm being too sensitive and I'm sorry we're going to the racial issue we're not really talking about criticism but but like going back to Busy Phillips, her show, she would sometimes when the show started, she would come in through the door and run towards the couch. And she said that the executives said, you have to stop that. It scares people. And that was such a healing for me because obviously Busy Phillips is white. But to hear her say that, that people said that about her. I love Busy Phillips. She, I love listening to her. For me to hear on her podcast that they said that about her on her show made me feel better. Do you understand what I mean? No, no, no. I, I, so I that totally kind of criticism? Get it. I, babe, trust me, I totally get it. And I'm not trying to dismiss ethnicity. I'm trying to... You're trying to give them an excuse. And I don't I'm know why them you do a, that. I'm giving them a partial excuse, why? but only partial. I'm tired of these people having... The, the benefit of everything. Why do you do that? I mean, you're supposed to be my partner. We just stepped away from a podcast. No, we didn't. Yeah, we did. No. No, this one's too angry again. Can you come back? No. 
And that's just it. Yeah, I am angry. And see, you want to stop the podcast because we're talking about something real. And that's real for me. Please know I'm tired of everyone else getting the benefit of the doubt of these bees out there who've hurt me so much. Like, don't stand up for them. Can you just stand up for me? Why, why are you, why do we say it's good to be that way? Why do we always, why, why the criticism? Why are they in the right? Why do these people have to have the right of way all the time? Why is it good to have bad criticism? Why can't things be more positive? Why can't the criticism just be positive? I'm asking you a question. Trust me, and I get that. And the thing is, is you're. It maybe I'm not saying things the way I want them to come out. They sound fine in my head. I'm not excusing it. I'm not saying that. You're imagining things. I mean, they're saying what they're saying, and we're trying to figure out part of the partial reasons for why they say the things they do. Number one, they feel comfortable saying them for and, whatever for whatever reason. Now let me talk. Stop. Now let me talk. This is why this can't be a podcast because we're definitely grading on each other, um, and we don't feel very loving. I'm feeling very attacked right now, and I'm trying real hard not to attack, babe. No point did I attack you, and no point am I'm I not trying to coming up either. with this is the reason why they said what they said. I'm saying you're very open. You're very, you, it seems like you're going to be open to criticism, and I'm not going to need to couch it so carefully, and you're so unlike other people that... Other people always assume that people are just like they are. And I used to believe that too. And it took me a long time to realize I'm flipping weird too. And it took me a long time to realize that I might be the only person who processes the world the way I do. But everybody's weird. Some people are weirder than others. So are we so weird that we don't see each other's weirdness? Well, I mean, we don't see our own weirdness. And that is the fundamental issue with all programmers. It's a whole other story. And so it could be a whole other show topic. But uh, I, I used to say, and I still do say, that programmers are fundamentally broken in some way. But you guys are And we now, think we're normal. But programmers are the alpha of society now. Because you guys rule the world. Techie people, programmers now are the rulers they're the strongest in society whereas like if you look at caveman days the alpha was the one who could um had, you know the, the hunter the hunter yeah yes the gatherer definitely not the hunter for sure but no what i'm trying to say is is it's, it's a jumble full of stuff and if you were to call somebody on it they're not going to say yes i treated you that way because you're not white. Nobody is going to say that, particularly in this day and age. So they're going to come up with their excuses. But one of the excuses that exists is that they would say, I would have been okay with that criticism, or I wouldn't have taken it so gosh darn personally. And it's because you're wired so empathically that people don't understand 
that they need to be beyond gentle when they critique. And I don't, I don't, uh, I don't want people to be disingenuous. I just want the world to be more cooperative. And kinder for sure. Yeah. No, absolutely. I completely agree. And then here I am all angry right now. Because it's not. So I'm falling into the same trap. Right. But I need to express my rage. Yes, you do. But you're not letting me. <laughs> well, you we're expressing, you're expressing your rage all over the trillions of people listening to this show. And I don't know if that's fair. Well, maybe there are people like me who have been feeling like I am. Or maybe if they're not, they need to understand how I feel. And I think that's, that's the key for everyone to understand each other. Well, yeah, I think that's certainly one of the keys for sure. And so you wanted to stop the podcast because it's getting uncomfortable, but I'm not, I'm not trying to attack you either. I'm just trying to explain how I feel and I'm trying to explain how people could make you feel this way. Yes. But attacking our audience? I'm not attacking my audience. I'm sorry, those yoga people are not our audience. Babe. Those yoga people, the racist yoga people who who pretend that they're so holy and so evolved, that fake world of yoga. I don't I don't think that they're listening to me. They would not be listening to this show. No, and that's very, very fair. I love our audience. I feel like whoever is listening is obviously listening because they vibe. I I just like to keep it lighter and positive. As much of a positive spin as we can put on everything. I understand. But once again, because of the state of the world, because everyone is trying to keep things light and positive, I think that's the problem. Because it's not always like that. And we need to talk. I need to talk. And we also need to listen. So you need to listen to my discomfort. And you need to listen to your own discomfort listening to me. And then we'll trade back and forth. And that's that's the whole point. Is that what I'm trying to make is in friendship. That in our culture, in our society, that is what is missing. If we don't talk about what is hurting us, what kind of relationship is that? It's fake. We're not telling each other the truth. I mean, think about marriages that go into marriage counseling. These people sleep together. They make love. They have children together. You do all these intimate things together, but they go into couples counseling to really express the truth to some stranger. It shouldn't be like that. You shouldn't have to go to some person you pay to be honest I think we should just be honest every day and I think that that is how we can have a better friendlier world and it may seem uncomfortable right now because you're seeing me cry nobody likes to see anybody in pain 
even if you're inflicting that pain on a person, you don't want to see them in pain. Usually, I hope not. But this is what needs to happen. We need to have conversations. And then it could be light again. It's like there's a thunderstorm. It rains. It's gray out there. The wind is blowing. It's howling sometimes. Yeah, it looks scary. But the sun comes out again. And the birds are out chirping again. And the cute little squirrels are out again. It's life. We need to talk about it. That is definitely true. You could not be more right on that point. Excuse me, can you repeat that again? No, I will never repeat that again. Oh, hell no. You make me repeat your right. Uh, I tried to have that happen this time. Oh, my God. Oh, well. Anyways. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Okay. You can say a joke. You want to say a joke? You want to bring it back to light? Say something nice about me. (laughs) Why did the pirate get... Why did the pirate have so much trouble learning his alphabet? Why? Because he kept getting lost at sea. You thought it'd be an R joke, didn't you? An R joke? Oh, R. What's the pirate's favorite letter? R. See, everybody thinks in that direction with that joke, so it's classic misdirection. I could have said sailor, but I said pirate. Okay, so now that I've cried cathartically and exposed my vulnerability i feel like we can have a more uplifting podcast (laughs) fair enough just chill yes boss anyway yeah (laughs) okay all right so can you i know we talked about criticism today but Please, can you leave us a review? <laughs> oh, dear. BeFriendlyWorld.com <laughs> Okay. Thank you for listening. I apologize if this wasn't the, like, happy-go-lucky fun. But this is me. I'm usually happy. And go lucky. So, oh. forgive me. I'm sorry. All right. I'll try to be more uplifting. And please... Email us when you go to BeFriendlyWorld.com. Leave me the notes. Tell me what you're thinking. And if you want us to talk about certain things or if you feel like... Right now we're working on a guest list. So if you want certain people to be on the show, let us know what you think. Okay? All right. Come back. I'm here. What? All right. I feel bad now. Good. Thanks, honey. (laughs) I'm kidding. All right. Oh, my goodness. I love you guys. I'm sorry for being such a downer. I hope it's okay. But uh, let's try to be kinder to each other. And let's take the criticism in another route. Make it more cooperative and supportive. Let's be more supportive of one another, shall we? There you go. Love you guys. Talk to you later. Okay. Okay, bye-bye. Bye-bye.